the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, talking investing. I'll talk home builder confidence if I have to, to get us to the point of understanding how do we stand economically. If the economy is working and jobs are being created, Wall Street tends to fall into place. And that tends to happen more often than not. But that doesn't stop people from making mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes I've run into is people failing to save for retirement or putting together anything that kind of resembles a plan. I get maxing out your 401k and living life. But at some point in time, you've got to do a little bit more than that. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of great downloads and uh, information on seminars and lots of good stuff at his website, newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, how are you? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. It's uh, another rosy day. So <laughs> I woke up. I didn't die in my sleep, so I'm, I'm, I'm ahead. That's always good. So let's talk a little bit about um, people not putting together a plan and people not saving for retirement. And again, like I said, is it okay to max out your 401k in your 20s and 30s and maybe you know, put off the will a little bit, maybe put off, you know, the, the college funding a little bit, maybe put off the five-year retirement plan, or am I being um, too, too light on those people? <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing one of the, the mistakes, and if I kind of list out some of them, I mean, obviously, a lot of it has to do with failing to get help, because you, you listed off all of these various goals that you might even be thinking about in your own world, Rob, but... Sure. If you don't get any help to kind of help you get through the emotional side of, of financial planning, you fail to think ahead and actually define your goals, and then you start procrastinating. And then people sometimes, once they do get started, even if they do it on their own, they end up having unrealistic expectations, or they use bad rules of thumb. Uh, sometimes they get excited and they'll get started and make the first investments or finally add to their 401k, but then they never follow up again. So no follow up is a big one. 
And then obviously, you know, emotional investing um, uh, is a huge problem out there. Once people actually have money, emotional investing mistakes is one of the bigger ones um, once they have, you know, actually gotten started. So let's start with number one on your list, failing to get help. Um, Give me a little bit more color on why you think people should get help and let's see if I can reboot it or agree with it. Well, yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, I've got that, you know, 15 things you do, you can do before you need a financial advisor to help people get started in their 20s, 30s. But once you're in your 40s, typically, or, you know, like me, starting in your 20s, um, having kids or running a business, dealing with taxes, dealing with uh, stock options at work, jumping jobs, rolling 401ks, uh, whether or not you're saving enough for retirement versus saving enough to send your kids to school, what type of insurance do you need because your buddy down the street is trying to sell you an insurance policy as an investment. And all of these things start getting thrown at you. Um, and so if you don't go to a fee-only advisor that is acts as a fiduciary with your best interest in mind, then you're basically working with a bunch of salesmen and people end up with horrible product in you know, 20 different places and they have zero defined goals. So if you go to the right help and you, and you get somebody that's trying to help you get through the emotions of what you're dealing with and prioritize your many financial goals that are out there, whether it's saving for retirement or protecting your family or saving for college, you got to get some help and then think ahead and define the goals and then list them in order of importance and then try to just knock some of those goals off each meeting each year. So thinking ahead and defining goals... You kind of kind of blended two of those together. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Procrastination. That is probably, I got lucky, Chad. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I started thinking about money when I was 18. I was in a car crash. Someone rear-ended me. I got a cash settlement. And then I kind of started seeing, you know, my dad's health go down. And everything kind of just clicked in my head. Time to start right now. Um, but I was lucky. Um, but I could have procrastinated. I probably would have procrastinated because in your 20s, you don't have a lot of disposable income lying around after you, you know, enjoy life. Now, if you don't enjoy life as well, you probably have more income lying around than you had before. Yeah, and I got lucky because I grew up broke and everybody around me was broke and single mom working her butt off. So I had to buy everything from clothes and school to everything else. So money became real to me at a very, very young age. And then I got, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, pulled into the business at a very, very young age and seeing what happens to people, whether they, they save enough later in retirement or not at all. Um, so areas of procrastination, waiting to save, if you start you know, right out of college at 22, 10% of pay um, to 15% of pay gets you to retirement. But if you wait until you're 40 to start saving, if you want to retire at 70, you got to save 20% of pay. And most families can't afford to save 20% of what they make and then live in the Bay Area. Um, the other area of procrastination is those that are getting close to retirement, say 10 years to five years out. If they wait to transition their portfolio from the growth phase to the accumulation phase, that procrastination, if they don't do it at the right time and then the market happens to go through a significant correction right when they want to retire, guess what? Their retirement's going to be put off for five years at a minimum. So you, got, you have to make sure that you... As you get close to retirement, you're not procrastinating in terms of changing to an accumulation from accumulation to an income-based portfolio or a distribution-based. Not, not investing in income, only securities, but transitioning your strategy. And then another big one is never tracking expenses. If you don't track expenses, I'm not talking about budgeting, 
but just going back every year and saying, okay, where did I spend money and how, um, you, it's really hard to define goals like how much do I need for retirement and how much can I spend in retirement. So don't procrastinate on that either. Okay, I'm with you. So let's uh, move to unrealistic expectations now. A lot of people in the 1990s say they saw stocks go up a lot. They'd see Yahoo go from 40 to 60 in a day to 65 the next day, to 100 the following week, to 200, to 225, to 250. It kind of got addicting. You know, you know, it was fun. And back when my dad was investing and I was just a child, it wasn't fun. It was boring. There was, not, there was no dot-com stocks. There was no big moves. It was a slow grind. Stockbrokers were boring, not sexy. Let's talk about unrealistic expectations. That's when people made all their money in the 80s and in the bull market in the 90s, too, until it became a tech bubble. Um, and just investing in really, really good companies. People right now have unrealistic expectations in terms of they go on and use online retirement calculators and they're plugging in rates of return like 8 to 10%. And yeah, that's what stocks have done over 20, 30, 40 years, but um, you don't just have U.S. stocks. You have other investments, like as you get close to retirement, fixed income, which is at historically low rates. So if you're plugging in numbers above six and a half, seven percent, and you're really close to retirement, and that's how you're expecting your money is going to last, you're setting yourself up for potential failure if we have long-term slow growth or long-term low interest rates. Um, And unrealistic expectations, too, kind of blend into the emotional investing. You get these people that panic out at the bottom, but then they get super greedy at the top, and they're just, instead of having an even line, they're all in or all out. They're asking to be more aggressive when, when they should actually be trimming some. Um, and you just got to have a policy. Do you want to, do you want to stick around for another segment? Oh, I got to run. Oh, thank okay. you. Okay. Then we will see you soon. Thanks very much. CFP, Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about money investing and more. Got stronger markets, but it's Fed Day. The Fed's going to come out and chat um, about interest rates. What do higher interest rates mean for you? 
they're going to raise rates is the expectation. Um, mortgages, you're seeing rates will go slightly higher, although not immediately. A lot of it's already priced in, uh, but the mortgage rate now on a 30-year mortgage a year ago was about 3.6, now it's 4.21. So it's cost more money to buy a new home or it costs more money to refinance a home. Costing more money means the interest that you pay versus how much you can ultimately afford. Auto loans will be directly affected. So um, quarter point increase in the Fed's key short-term rate means, you know, it's gonna add nine, ten dollars to your cost of a car, meaning you can afford less, which means if you go in and say, I can afford five hundred dollars, now you have to go in and say, I can afford five hundred and nine dollars. But I think typical auto loans run anywhere between about three and a half percent and four and a quarter at this point in time. Um, other areas where it's going to hit you, credit cards and home equity lines of credit. Uh, borrowing, average credit rates are about 16.5% right now on credit cards. Home equity lines of credit are about 5.2%. Uh, your bank savings rate maybe goes up modestly, but very, very modestly. And that's a good thing. Out of all those, that's a good thing. Because Americans saving in low-yield accounts, we got a lot of money socked away in low-yield accounts. A lot of cash sitting there doing nothing. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning as we continue to think about the Federal Reserve. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton, he is the Ayatollah of rock and roll when it comes to financial planning. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, thanks. <laughs> the Ayatollah, I like that one. Yeah, I don't think I made that up. I think I stole that from somebody. With that said, uh, let's talk a little 401k f- fees because companies seem to differ like golden clay. Some 401ks are ideal. Some 401ks are costly and they've got a horrible product in them. Yeah. So what do we need to know in the world of 401k and 401k fees? Well, first of all, if you're an employer and you know you started your business, you had some employees, they wanted a 401k plan, so you started it. And a lot of times they started it with an insurance company. And the internal fees in these things are often around 2% to get the, the, everything covered. And usually either you directly or your employees are paying for it right out of the account. And they're not going to lower the fees to the next fee schedule level unless you ask. Now, recent laws have said that you know, as a, as a 401k program is an offering, they're going to have to send out a very clear statement on what the 401k fees are. So this is going to become a bigger issue in 2012 and 13 where people are going to realize the costs of their 401k. So you know, once you have a good amount of assets in the plan, you're able to shop it. You're able to go to the Vanguards, the T Row prices, the you know, get low, no load funds, and even ETFs into the 401k plan to get the fees down for your employees. I think there's a law with uh, the teachers 457s and 403bs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a law that if they ask for a provider, it legally has to be given to them. So if, for instance, in their district they don't have Fidelity, they could raise their voice and say, "I'd like to use Fidelity." that provider has to be made accessible to them, which is kind of cool. You know, the, the, it's kind of a backfire on what's going on in the 403B market because I used to be able to you know, take a, somebody's 403B and roll it over into another 403B so I can manage it at the custodian right. that I use, which is TD Ameritrade. But that's almost impossible right now. So hopefully that changes. Um, people, you know, a lot of teachers get stuck with what they're in. 
when we started off as a young company, you know, you, you basically put your 401k assets with almost anyone, like you said. Yeah. Um, but a little bit later in life, as your company starts to mature, you have the power and not necessarily they have the power. Early on, it does feel like you have to go with whatever anyone's willing to provide for you. Yeah. And it's a much more competitive market now. So a lot of companies, uh, you know, whether it's your ADP, your paychecks or whatever, have 401ks that are pretty much a just huge array of no-load funds that you can use and almost nearly a flat fee or a per-participant fee to do it versus super high management fees inside the account. So shop around. New Focus Financially has a 401k plan. Do you have any annual maintenance fees? We we have a per-participant fee and then the annual fee to file the 5500 through through the payroll company. What happens, and I was just trying to set a standard of uh, you know what people can expect out there because mm-hmm. obviously New Focus Financial is going to be on top of their 401k trying to take care of their employees. Uh, what if you work for a company that has a bad, like high annual fees or a housing fee or a trading fee or mutual fund fees? Uh, what's your, your mode of, you know, I, I, I get people that email me and I said, I just hate my 401k options. They're too expensive. So you got to get two to three or four people together and you've got to send emails to the HR department. That's part of HR's job is to make sure that the employee benefits are run correctly. And part of the prudent man rule to make sure people are educated if you're going to offer a 401k too as a business, you've got to educate people, um, including yourselves on what funds are good and bad inside the program. Well, I work at Cron, and I could tell you that, and you know, from talking to the teachers, I could tell you the HR departments are not very smart. Yeah. You know, the HR departments care more about sexual harassment versus educating people on investment options. Uh, and I'm the financial guy at a TV station, and I see, you know, just these amazing just salespeople from just horrible companies come in. And uh, they bring pizza, and they're like, you should sign up for our funds, and their funds are the high-load funds. And HR doesn't know what they're, they're getting these people in doing. Yeah, and at least, you know, now if you're 55 or older and you have a 401k plan with a large amount and you don't like it, most plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover where you can roll over into an IRA, a self-managed IRA, um, at least a minimum of your contributions. Okay. So if you're really unhappy or you want some day-to-day help with managing your funds, you can call up a, uh, your 800 number on your statement and say, am I eligible for an in-service rollover to an IRA? Okay. That way you can either manage it yourself or hire a money manager to, to do it for you. That's something you sometimes recommend where people want to work with a financial planner like yourself and all their assets are in their 401k. You say, are you X amount of age and can you do an in-service rollover? Because it's a way for you... Uh, to help them outside of their own 401k plan. Yeah, and, and a lot of it too has to do with, uh, most of the time it's because we're looking at the 401k choices that they have and the bond choices are awful. Okay. And this is the hardest area to manage right now and where a lot of risk lies in the next couple of years is interest rates will likely creep up after the uh, quantitative easing process is over. Anything else that we need to know? Uh, you know, just on your 401ks too, it's something that you have to manage one of two ways by either rebalancing it through the automatic rebalancer or make sure you change where your contributions are going to rebalance your portfolio. I don't always keep my eye on my 401k. I kind of like let it accumulate. But there's a button that's auto-rebalance. Yeah, you can auto-rebalance every one, once a year, twice a year, every quarter. Okay. And mathematically, that just um, it's taking a look that you have too much small caps and it's saying, let's buy some large cap because they've underperformed. It's just... Yeah.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Trying to show you why you should care. And one of the areas that I can point out, for instance, you know, higher interest rates, why you should care. I think, you know, obviously you're going to pay more on your credit cards. Obviously, you're going to pay more for your mortgages. Obviously, you're going to pay more for your refinances, your car loans. Uh, Where's the winner in this? Uh, You get a little bit more in your savings accounts on your cash? Sure. Your CDs? Yeah. Uh, but there's even more negatives. It's the higher the rate, the more the borrowing cost for corporations, and the more we look at things at corporations and say, ooh, maybe we shouldn't be trading at 15 times earnings. Maybe we should be trading at uh, 14 times earnings. So we revalue things. The Federal Reserve, when they uh, raise interest rates aggressively or on a consistent basis, there's a correlation with recessions. So they don't like the fast growth, so they slow the growth. And sometimes the the slowing of the growth, well, why don't they like the fast growth? Because it leads to inflation. Um, that's probably the number one. So they slow the growth, cut down on the, the growth of inflation. And sometimes that slowing of the growth, you know, the train starts to slow and it becomes derailed or it just continues to all the way to stopping versus slowing. Sometimes it's kind of got that momentum thing behind it. Sometimes the Federal Reserve overshoots. So we pay a lot of attention on the show to the Federal Reserve. Uh, but we pay a lot of attention to the odd little stats here. And they're like more unsold cars boost business in- inventories in January. Uh, there's pluses and minuses. There's only compromises, in my opinion, when it comes to analyzing money um, and business. So more unsold cars boost inventories. Okay, so there's going to be some people who their bosses aren't going to say, hey, Jim, we need you to come back into the factory and fire it up, and uh, we need more cars made. So Jim's not going to stay at home, and he's not going to get paid. So Jim's not going to go on vacation. Jim's not going to spend money on a new vehicle himself. Uh, But then again, more unsold cars means you and I can go into the car dealership at some point in time and go, I'd like a car, and I've heard that you've got a lot of inventory. Well, no, sir, Mr. Black, that's not true. No, sir, Mr. Black. I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk around. <laughs> you see a lot of unsold cars. So it starts working in your favor. So there's no right answer. Uh, mortgage applications rose 3.1% as borrowers are rushing to lock in rates. Uh, mortgage interest rates have moved to their highest levels since 2014. Way back in 2014 when I, you were three. No, no, no. 2014 was not that long ago. But... It is moving higher. They are moving higher. You can find out more about mortgage rates by listening to Tony Mendez. Speaking of which, let's bring Tony on into studio right now. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Something that hurt my credit rating, and credit ratings are very important in getting the best rate you can get, whether it be a home equity line of credit, a mortgage, it's important to have a good credit rating. It helps your job. It helps you get jobs. It helps you get rentals. It helps you qualify for a lot of things. A good credit score will even help you get a, a house when compared to somebody else. So it's important to note, recently, 
I got a uh, letter from Bank of America. I had a credit card with them for 17, 18 years. And they said, we're canceling your credit card because those terms no longer apply. I called them and I begged them. I'm like, please don't cancel this. This is the longest credit card that I've ever had. It makes the ones that I've opened in the last three years look older. And they canceled it anyway. So I said, okay, I'll take my business elsewhere. I won't bank with you anymore. Done. But it hurt my credit score. The average age of my credit card went from like eight years down to like three because you took off one of these big, super old ones. And that's worthy of note. Yeah. So what do we need to know about getting the best credit score? Some of the ways to um, improve your credit score. Um, You know, get a copy of your credit report first. And you can get a free credit report from annualcreditreport.com or from somebody that you are trying to apply for a loan from. And and they can analyze it for you and, and help you figure out. Check for mistakes. Uh, that's, you know, it's they're not big hurts to your credit score, but they, they do add up. Um, for example, if they're spelling your name wrong or they have wrong addresses or your wrong employer. Uh, check for derogatory, too. Um, yeah, th- that's the... Most important thing for your credit is making sure all your payments are on time and derogatories will stay on your credit for a longer period of time, especially if they're a mistake. Um, you know, establishing new credit is not always a good thing right away. For example, you were just saying that, you know, you had some newer credit show up as opposed to that older long term credit. Um, that is a it will help over time as long as you keep your balances low, which is the the most important thing. Is uh, sorry, sorry. The, the quickest thing you can change is the the balance levels. So you can st- if you want the best credit score for your balances is under thirty percent. So you want to keep your balances under thirty percent. So as long as you can maintain that for a longer period of time, you'll benefit more. Okay. Some other areas that have a good credit score or that help a good credit score. Um, obviously, like you said, maintaining your balances and. I pay my balances down twice a month, so I do it once halfway on the 15th and once at the end of the month. So I'm always like maintaining my credit. I'm always throwing cash at my credit. Just It helps it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about credit cards? Are there good credit cards, bad credit cards, or are they all treated about the same? Because I know, all, I know mortgages help your credit a lot more they're than They're all credit treated card the does. same. Okay. Uh, they're going to give you the same rating. And again, it comes down to the balances uh, compared to the limit. Um, I've seen people actually take a one credit card that has a high balance and then spread it over a bunch of other credit cards that have higher limits, and they've improved their credit score. Um, and you could do it quite quickly. You can simply call your – let's say you're applying for a home loan and your credit score is 699, and you need 720 or just or 701. There's a big difference between 699 and 701. And just find out when the creditor reports to the agencies and then make a payment before that. And then the, the next time, then they rerun your credit. I've done that several times where I priced out a loan and then a week or two later, we repriced the loan at a new credit score. A hard credit inquiry is actually hurt my credit score as yes. well because I did a lot of refinances. Is that, is it, was it because of that or was it because the credit cards I've opened? What was it that dinged my credit on? It's, it's, a, it's, the, it's an algorithm that the credit bureaus use to say, you know, okay, this guy's out there shopping for something. And he, he either can't qualify or, or he's buying many, many things. You could still establish credit um, after, after a credit inquiry, but it's still not show up on your report. So they may th- be thinking that you're buying a whole bunch of stuff. So it's all part of that algorithm. So credit hits will hurt. Then there's soft credit pulls, which is basically a credit card company saying, okay, does this guy still have a decent credit score? And, and we're going to reissue a credit card to them. Yeah, I was a little surprised Bank of America didn't reissue 
keeping that surprised. same surprised. That's one of the first times I've heard of credit card companies calling, basically calling the note. And they just said terms changed. Yeah. And I don't even know what the terms were. Maybe your credit score didn't qualify for it anymore. And they did a soft credit pull and said, you know what? Credit, your credit rating well, didn't not, work. Let's not make assumptions here because you're, you're defaming me. I'm kind of important. I just kind of want to assume, I want to assume that it was a, a dinosaur and it just went extinct <laughs> on me. So, but you know what actually, okay, so they closed the line of credit on me. They hurt my age and duration, but they actually helped me because they decreased my total credit availability, which is how much do you borrow versus how much is available to borrow. Pretty interesting stuff. Anyway, we're talking improving credit. You can find Tony Mendez. This is what he does for a living. He gets loans done. You can find him at com. It's bayarealonesource.com. So I'm going to have to change my password. My password is very complicated. Uh, the, the old capital P-A-S-S word one. Um, as Twitter was hacked yesterday and some of its famous accounts have led to tweets about Nazis. Um, at some point in time, we're going to move past the, you know, Nazis are the... Why are they the go-to thing when people hack, right? We've got to come up with something better than that down the road. So multiple high-profile Twitter accounts uh, inadvertently posted swastikas and tweets about Nazis this morning after a, thir- after a third-party Twitter tool appeared to be hacked. Um, so, yeah, time to change your passwords again, which reminds me you should change your passwords actively. And maybe you just need to get it like in your head. I'm going to do it every 90 days or I'm going to do it every six months or I'm going to do it on my birthday and Christmas. Um, they should turn into you know, holidays for you. Uh, Snap, one analyst out there from Cantor Fitzgerald today says the numbers don't add up. He has a price target of $18. He says a rich valuation, an unproven business model in, uh, which ad buyers are basically experimenting at the moment and an untested management team. Lots and lots of competition. Uh, GM said they're going to rehire 500 Michigan workers slated for layoffs. Um, Basically saying increased demand for larger vehicles. And President Donald Trump's talking about repealing the mile per gallon uh, industry standards that car companies are required to hit at this point in time. So... Uh, that would be good news for Ford and General Motors as far as you, they like making big trucks. They like selling big trucks. That big truck gets four miles per gallon. Woohoo! They don't care because those EPA standards have will be repealed. Um, Zara, their profits are hitting a record high. Uh, they're one of the few retailers in malls that are doing well. They get fashion twice a week, which is crazy how fast fashion they move their product. Um, I'm not a big fan of investing in a lot of retail stocks. Uh, I could count on like a seven-fingered hand how many retail stocks I'd want to own. And maybe at times it's like down to a three-fingered hand. I know you're saying, those are some good-looking hands. I know, I was a hand model at one point in time because my seven fingers uh, are quite unique. And they wear rings well. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black, guess what, show.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Chipotle is America's favorite Mexican food chain, again, according to a survey. Market force information. You can play a little Mexican hat dance. It's cliche. We embrace cliches here. Last year, little-known Tex-Mex chain, Taco Bueno, was the big winner. This year, it goes back to Chipotle. Now, Chipotle is one of those companies that we do pay attention to uh, because it's a good story. And at one point in time, it was a hyper-growth company. And they could do no wrong. And everyone loved it. And it's local, and it's 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 relatively healthy fast food. Um... Uh, you know, what's better than beef, beans, and cheese, and rice, you know? Nothing, as far as my burrito-tasting needs Get go. Get in my belly! So, Chipotle had a bad run of it after E. coli, which, as long as it doesn't kill you, you lose a little bit of weight. It's not the worst thing in the world, right? Or is it? Oh, I take that back. It's the worst thing in the world. Uh, but Chipotle Mexican Grill, uh, ticker symbol is CMG, CMG. It's an interesting one to watch because everyone knows the story and everyone can talk about the company. Uh, we all have some sort of experience with it. I know someone's out there going, I've never been in one. I've never been in one. Well, that's fair. Uh, if you want to take that route, but at one point, like 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, the stock could do no wrong. And then late 2015, they kind of got into that problem with E. coli, um, which is not a good thing. So the company had to try to improve its image and get back on top of it and send out coupons and send out you know freebies and uh they're getting their 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 scores back their ratings back their people are feeling safe eating there again so the stock price has tumbled and it brings you to the point now okay now that they've got their ratings back will this lead to you know an opportunity to buy the stock and it could i don't own shares of it at this point in time um again you can only own so many stocks and most of your owning of Investment should be in index funds. Stock should be the cute thing that you accumulate on the side. But there's other Mexican and Tex-Mex fare out there. And that's what always brings me to, like, we need to think about this. There is competition. Uh, Moe's Southwest Grill. El Polo Loco. Um, Taco Cabana. And Cudobo which I know nothing about. I know nothing, as Gene Wilder once said. So um, it looks like the stock is probably starting to get to the point where it's put in enough pain. It's, it's, it's done its work, so to speak. Um, now, it still has a very high valuation, so certainly it can fall 20, 25 points, and it's at 400. So 20, 25 points is less material than you think. 
but it looks to have a lot of support right around 375. And when you start looking at some so the statistics on the company, you start to see like, okay, so it's trading at next year's 34 times earnings, which is very high. But this was a once a fast growing company, and this is a company that's had a lot of charges and a lot of coupons in the last nine months. Those will go away on the balance sheet in time, quarter by quarter by quarter. Uh, the price to sales ratio looks relatively doable at 3.26. Um, a little high, but not horrific. And again, are you going to get in at the right price, the high price, the slightly too low price? The once in a like I got a mortgage last year that. It was awesome. It was Peebo Bryson awesome. It was a once in a lifetime, uh, but I just didn't know it. Otherwise, I would have got 10 more mortgages just like it until uh, my life fell apart. So return on equity, awful. Return on assets, awful at uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill. So, but those are all things kind of in its past. So I'm not saying one survey calling them the number one burrito chain in the world is the end all be all. It, it shouldn't be. You have to wait for some other things to fall into place, like some margins. Um, maybe some analysts getting behind it and saying, you know, uh, that quarter wasn't great, but they're getting in the right direction. Um, you know, taking a look at some of the favorable mentions, it got a nice mention a couple of days ago in financial media. Um, there are some active shareholders in the stock trying to get, you know, improvements out of the company. Uh, Barron's did a cautious view on the stock back in early February, uh, basically taking a look at the company and saying, you know, it might look cheap from, you know, where it was a year ago at $750 a share down at 400. But Barron said, don't dig in yet. Um, there's some high flyers like Chipotle and Under Armour that come tumbling, stumbling, bumbling down. Um, so the culinary passions you know, uh, on some ways, Chipotle is the anti-McDonald's, even though they were started by McDonald's. But a single line, you know, of servers, steak, chicken, carnitas, chorizo, uh, sofritas, uh, you can see where they've done very, very well in the whole food with integrity. But now, integrity costs money. That's worthy of note. So they're not there yet. But you put up one flag, and maybe you get a couple more flags, and you go, I'm in. Anyhow. And anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pretty much so everything's doing well today, minus tech stocks. But yeah, that could all change. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.